What's good, everyone? Chris is starting show here. And before we get into today's episode, I just have a couple announcements I want to make. The first one is I have started my own YouTube channel where I'm here to help people save, grow, and protect their money. So make sure you subscribe to my channel. And also here on the Roommates platform, I am interviewing people around finances. So I have people coming with real estate about how to pay down debt, how to invest, all those different things. So I want you all to do to make sure you get your pen and your paper out and take notes because the information that is provided during these podcast episodes are so valuable. And with that being said, let's get started with today's episode. I rather, I rather try and potentially get in a, in a jam that I know I could fix versus going 50 years of my life miserable, not being able to live the yeah. life that I used to dream of living when I was younger. And it's not about having a bunch of money or anything like that, but it's the peace of mind because it's just as hard not knowing where, you, where your next meal is coming from. It's just as hard when you're driving a vehicle that has to stay in the shop and you can't afford to get it fixed. It's just as hard living in a neighborhood to where you have to fear your children getting hit by a stray bullet. So once you mm. change your thinking and understand, look, being poor is hard. Trying to make money is hard. I'd rather pick the hard that's going to benefit me in the long run. And so we just have to change our thinking. And that's why that personal development is key, because fear is just something that we make up in our mind that typically the end result of that fear of what we're scared of statistically never happens. Yo, what's good, everybody? Welcome back to the channel. It's your boy, Chris, the star of the show. Welcome back. I am uber excited to really bring you all, you know, this really amazing episode. Um, if you all know, I am really passionate about financial planning and financial literacy. And today I have brought a guy on that's killing it. You know, he's a he's an educator. He's a mogul. He's a investor. He's a coach. You know, he's all around great human being. And I am honored to have him on our platform to really educate you all. So please welcome Mr. Will Roundtree, everyone. Man, appreciate that introduction, Chris, man. Uh, you know, it's always interesting that, you know, I'm so in my bubble and always on the grind. It, it, you know, it's just always humbling when you hear someone edify you. So I appreciate those kind words. 100% man cuz you know in in this in this anybody that's like really educated and giving back to you know the people you know I admire that you know yeah. somebody that is a servant at heart you know you like I know that you got you got your own circle and and you may not have people to tell you you know what you're doing out here is changing lives and that's something that you know I want to make sure that you get your flowers right now before anything you know Thank you man pleasure's all mine Hundred percent. So, for those who do not know you, can you just give a brief background, elevator pitch of uh, you know, who you are and what you do? Yeah, definitely. So, Will Roundtree, originally from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, uh, currently live in Las Vegas, Nevada, going on almost seventeen years now. And you know, uh, mm. like anyone else was told, go to school, get good grades, get good jobs, all that stuff. Found out that that wasn't the route that was in my cards. So, actually, ended up. Mm. Uh, stumbling into entrepreneurship uh, through network marketing, didn't make any money, uh, hit all of the titles. But the one thing that I did gain from that, Chris, was uh, personal development. So I always say that that was kind of mm -hmm. like my unfair advantage into being, you know, and where I am today. And so uh, fast forward now, I've been able to kind of elevate and use all of my life experiences uh, to really just be in this financial space. A lot of people peg me as like being a credit repair guy, but I'm so much more than that. You know, I like to say, you know, I'm a, uh, just a, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a businessman. Uh, I have several companies. I'm a real estate investor. I'm a two-time author. I'm a TEDx speaker. Uh, mm. I have uh, helped probably over 6,000 small and medium-sized businesses get upwards to about seven to $800 million in capital. Uh, I've helped countless amount of individuals uh, uh, purchase homes. I've helped Tens of thousands of people start businesses. I mean, just all around, uh, just love business, entrepreneurship, love working with people. And uh, been on this journey, like I say, going on uh, 17 years. 
man, that is, that is beautiful. You know, that is something that I feel like I aspire to be like, like to have that kind of impact on thousands of people to me is, is legendary. I want to start from the beginning because, you know, I know that, you know, you're, you're doing exceptionally well right now. In the beginning when you said, you know, college, what am I thing? Going to school, what am I thing? Getting a job, what am I thing? I'm an entrepreneur. What, when did you know that? And how did you move after you know, after you known acknowledged? So it's interesting, Chris, because like I was a straight A student all through school, except algebra. Mm. I actually flunked it. Algebra actually, tough, brother. I ain't gonna lie to you. When they start throwing letters in there, it, get, it gets ridiculous. <laughs> well, I actually flunked algebra and went back and took it again. So, uh, so yeah, so was, was a straight A student. I think I was just bored with school. And so mm. after I graduated, I didn't know what I was going to do. Uh, actually ended up attending and going to a technical college. And I remember being in class one day, Chris, it was in my economics class. And the teacher was talking about some theory or whatever. And some kind of way he got on his personal life. And he talked about how he filed bankruptcy. Uh, now, not that bankruptcy is bad, but it was something that he said that really stuck out. And I remember asking a question. Like, hey, what I'm going to learn in this class, will it help me to become wealthy? And he said, mm -hmm. no. So I never went back to school. Like, I literally just quit when I found out that that was not the path that was going to get me to where I knew I wanted to go. So I, I, I quit school uh, immediately, uh, went into the workforce, was working at a company that they would have paid a good job. I'm 20 two, 20, you know, three years old, making 40, $50,000 a year. You couldn't tell me nothing. And so yeah. while I'm there, I had been there going on about eight years. And one day we received a letter saying that the doors were about to close. Uh, excuse me, that the company had been sold. Went back to work the next day, there were chains on the door. So I'm like, oh my God. like what in the world am I going to do? I have no skills. Uh, I, I dropped out of college. <laughs> like, like all of these things was going through my mind. And so uh, I was fortunate enough to get introduced to network marketing and I got into it and uh, made made a couple dollars. But like I say, like it really just taught me personal development. It taught me uh, a skill set that really I always say has been my secret sauce and it's building people. You know, mm. Jim Rohn says, if you help enough people get what they want, you'll be blessed beyond measures. So my entire journey and focus has always been, hey, let me give back in some kind of way. So that's why I give so much free content away. That's why you know, I, I, I've traveled the country the past five years doing free events, whether it's on a street corner, whether it's inside of a lounge, whether it's inside of a classroom or you know any type of facility. As long as one person shows up, I'm going to perform. And so, um, so yeah, and, and financial literacy has been important for me to to educate people on this information because Chris, it's, it's changed my life. I mean, it's, it took someone from middle America, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, typical blue collar, uh, uh, mid, mid, Midwest, uh, city who I was told by the age 21, I'd be locked up or dead. And to be able to make a full 360 transition to go into an industry where, you know, no college degree or, you know, no uh, uh, major cosign from no major corporation or brand. And to be able to go out here and do the things that I've done based off of information that I stumbled upon. It really, mm. Like I, I got into credit because I had to fix my own stuff. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And so <laughs> when I saw the impact of how it really could change your life and not only that, how it changed your life, but it, like your credit changes your confidence mm. and just those feelings. I knew I had to be able to, I wanted to share with other people. And so that really was my driving force behind it. And anyone who knew me 10, 15 years ago, uh, they would tell you, you couldn't pay me to speak in front of a room of one person. <laughs> you know wow. what I'm saying? So to be able to make myself completely vulnerable and get completely uncomfortable and go out and just speak to tens of thousands of people at a time, you know, it's just a testament that goes all the way back to that personal development. And, and I didn't understand why it was so important back then, but literally all those years 
of that grind and not making money and just pouring into myself and that self-discipline has has prepared me for these days and moments like today. So uh so yeah, so and I'm I'm always grateful of my journey, the good, the bad, and everything in between. Man, that that's that's beautiful. That's that's powerful. It's a lot of things that I can I want to jump in before we get to the credit and the information that you have learned that changed your life. I want to stay on the personal development. Like during those time, you know, when you was on your grind, when you you was learning, you know, what was your mindset? Like, how did you continue to keep going? You know, what was what was that time like and how did that shape you to where you are today? Yeah, great question. So so I remember when I first moved to Las Vegas, like I literally had borrowed $500 and I had a garbage bag full of clothes. Like literally, oh, I, man. I didn't have a suitcase. <laughs> I'm that, boy, on the, that boy got it out the bud. Yeah, like I'm on the plane <laughs> putting my garbage bag above my no. suitcase. No, oh yeah, man. Yeah, man. And so literally a dollar in a dream, man. And so yeah. moved to Las Vegas. Uh, things didn't work the way I perceived it, which nothing in life ever does. Uh, mm. ended up, you know, sleeping in my car for a little while. And, uh, but the personal development, it helped me get through those periods because here's the thing, Chris, like, even though I was poor, even though mm. I was financially poor, I was financially broke. I never felt like it because mm. I knew it was temporary. And that's the thing that I'm always trying to tell people is that there are certain things that we put so much emphasis on that can be changed. You know, no different mm. than when I looked at myself in the mirror one day and I said, I need to lose some weight. I can change that. Same thing with my finances and understanding my, my financial journey. I can change that. So it was temporary. And so I, I actually did a post about this on my Instagram recently, but I remember going through that period of my life. And of course, it wasn't all peaches and cream. I still had the mental uh, uh, ups and downs. But uh, I remember going to get a tattoo on my forearm and it says, it's impossible to stop a man or woman that will not quit. Mm. And anytime I felt like I was defeated, I would look at the tattoo on my arm because here's the thing. There's no such thing as failure unless you just say, I give up. And so many yeah. people fail because they didn't try. They didn't try hard enough. They didn't even get started. And so I just would tell myself, I just got to get better a little bit every single day. Yeah, I'm not going to run a hundred yard touchdown day one. But if I can just run one yard today, I'm winning. And then tomorrow I'll run another yard. And then the next day I'll run another yard. And then eventually I will score the touchdown. And so that's that's what personal development did for me, because in anything we do in life, whether it's your health journey, whether it's your financial journey, whether it's, you know, whatever journey you're on, it's really all mental. That's really what it all mm. boils down to. And that's what personal development does is that it sharpens your 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 mental uh, intelligence, because there are going to be some days where you doubt yourself. It's going to be a lot of days where you doubt yourself. This is a lonely journey. You're going to lose friends, relationships, mm. money. Uh, uh, people are going to say you're acting funny. like, And you have to be able to be mentally prepared to deal with that. There are going to be times when you may have to go to a conference, but everybody wants to go to spring break. You know, There's going to be times where mm. happy hour sounds appealing, but you need to be studying these stock courses or whatever the case may be. So that mental... Mm. That mental part is why the personal development is so important because it, it sharpens that that muscle and that's your brain. The crazy thing is, it's, it's funny how the world works. I was working out earlier today and uh, and I just happened to be listening to this older guy give this younger guy game. I had no reason really to be listening to it. I think my headphones was dead, but he was telling me, he was like, I got to where I am because you know I, I worked this out. I worked my mental out. I worked my personal development out. Like, yeah, like, yeah, I can get stronger. Yeah, I can get, you know, more fit, whatever. But he was like, this is what got me here. This is what, you know, led to my success. And I think that that part cannot be overlooked in anything that people are trying to accomplish. So it's just funny how I heard that this morning and hearing you say that now is just, you know, a beautiful thing, man. And I, I, I let's get into the education part. So like, you know, what is credit and why is it important? Why should these people take it seriously? 
All right, we're going to take a quick break from this week's episode to talk to you guys about our amazing new sponsors over at Shortform. Guys, you know part of the leveling up process is that you have to become educated. You have to improve your mind because a man with a powerful mind is a powerful man indeed. So the amazing thing about short form is short form allows a lot of you guys who are not the most apt at reading to be able to get amazing summaries of books. So this includes books that you may be interested in reading, books you've read in the past, or simply books that you just want to get more information about. So go to shortform.com slash roommates get your five-day free trial of short form i'm telling you you guys will love it remember one of my favorite books is 12 rules for life by dr jordan peterson and i'll be honest with you guys that book is a bit of a dense book but the amazing thing about short form is it gives you an amazing summary of the book before you read it so you have a better understanding of it go to shortform.com slash the roommates sign up today start leveling up your mind and let's get back to this week's episode Man, yeah so i always say credit really is like a, your digital report card it's your financial mm -hmm. report card excuse me that happens to be digitally now and so it's 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 your financial fingerprint like everything that we have to do on a day-to-day -day basis our credit scores is a direct barometer of that think about it i was speaking with someone earlier today and he mentioned how he went to go get a job at a bank and he said he killed the interview and he almost lost mm. the position because they ran his credit. Wow. Yeah, think about it. Your credit score determines the school zone your kids go to school in. Your credit score determines whether you got a vehicle at a 3% interest rate or a 30% interest rate. Your credit score can determine mm. whether a bank can open up a bank account for you. I've had parents who couldn't rent their children instruments because their credit was not in position. So imagine hmm. how life, how much more life, how much difficult life is when you have bad credit. With the rising cost and inflation of everything going on, your credit score is a reflection of if you got to put down a, a, a higher deposit. Your credit score determines if you can have a traditional bank or if you're dealing with check cash in places that rob our communities. So when we, mm -hmm. once you really start to understand like credit is merely a tool, but because we've been so conditioned to think that credit is bad because our parents didn't know no better. And I think a lot of that came mm -hmm. from conditioning and what they taught our parents and taught our grandparents. Because here's the thing, Chris, people who understand how money works understand credit is a tool. For example, on a grand scheme of things, it's all debt. And so mm -hmm. that's how we've been conditioned to look at it. But here's the thing that they, that here's the, here's the component that they didn't teach us about. They didn't teach us the difference between structured debt and unstructured debt. Oh, they, only break that down. About, they only taught us about unstructured debt, meaning, hey, you get a credit card, it's convenience to go shopping. It's a convenience to take a vacation. Take your family out, go to happy hour, buy, like do all these things. And then we also go and buy a house that we can't afford. We buy a car we can't afford. So they make this thing called debt looks evil because of the, the, the perception of how they conditioned us to be consumers with debt. But people mm -hmm. who understand how money works, people who understand wealth, People who understands credit is a tool, it's a form of leverage, understand that that is structured debt, meaning I can go to mm -hmm. the bank and get a line of credit, go buy an income producing asset, such as a real estate investment property, that's going to get me a 10 to 15% return every single month after I service the debt that I use to acquire the property. But nobody's teaching mm -hmm. us that strategy. We've only been taught, use this credit card, use this line of credit to go to Tulum, to go to mm. Miami. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And so this is what credit is. But because we haven't been uh, educated properly, we haven't been given the proper information. We have an entire generation uh, that has this preconceived notion that credit is bad. You know, Big Mama said, don't get those credit cards. They'll get you in trouble. No, the yeah. same people who get in trouble with credit cards will be the same people who get in trouble with cash. Same people mm. who, who, who 
who burn up every single bank for insufficient fund fees. So we just have to become a better steward of understanding money. And I have this saying, Chris, it's all fifth grade math. And here's mm -hmm. what I mean. We overcomplicate how money works, how to invest and how to do like if you make three thousand dollars a month and you live on thirty five hundred, a fifth grader can tell you you're probably going to be in a hole. <laughs> I mean, it's simple. You, you, it's it's fifth simple. grade math. But yeah. because like the TV show, Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader? Most people can't comprehend past the fifth grade. That's why those questions are hard to most people. And so we've overcomplicated how finances work because we don't understand fifth grade math. And if we just understand that one basic concept between structured debt and unstructured debt and understand one plus one is two, meaning if you make this amount of money, just don't spend over that every single month and you'll be fine. And so we just have to yeah. really get back to the basics. And that's one of the things and what my teaching styles that I really try to do is make it so simplistic for someone that literally a fifth grader can go and interpret what I'm talking about. Yeah, that's beautifully well said. Uh, I want, I know there's people listening like, okay, like I, I'm excited. Like I, I understand that, but my, my credit is not where it should be, you know? So what are some ways that they can improve their credit and really start taking advantage of the tool that you're talking about? So some of the easiest ways, the first thing I always tell people is just to know where your credit score is, because I know people, Chris, who've never checked their credit. They, it's nice. almost kind of like they get a bill in the mail and they're like, oh, like the vampire. They want to put up the, <laughs> you know, the, the, the things. To yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> credit you to away. And so I tell people, like, yeah. first, you have to get out of denial. No matter how mm. bad your credit is, it can be fixed. And that's the power of credit. Mm. People be in their own way. They be in their, they're in their own way. Like, I know people who carry mm. guns, sell drugs, but they're scared to look at their credit. <laughs> so it's like... We that doesn't to, make... It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Like, they live life at the most <laughs> reckless part of, of living. Yeah. They're scared to look at their credit. And so once people really understand, it's, it's, it's a three-digit number. It can't beat you up. It can't harm... Like, and so that denial is the first thing. The second thing is understanding the components of what makes up a credit score. So there's five components. Now, the most, uh, the, the highest component of what makes up a credit score is payment history, 35% mm. of your score. Why is that important? Most people credit scores are tarnished because they have late payments. Like that payment, hit, like you can get a late payment on a credit card where your bill is $15 a month and your score can drop 150 points. So Sheesh. a lot of times people don't know that because they don't take that part serious. And so just understanding. And so this is what I tell people to do. Put put your bills, at least the, the credit cards and the bills that have to be paid on time on auto pay for at least the minimum. So yeah. this way, you, you know, because understand life happens. You're on vacation. You're out of town. Like the, the mail doesn't come in time, whatever. At least, you know, that bill will get paid one time every single month, at least the, the minimum of it. And so I always tell people the bills that are on your credit card, excuse me, that are on your credit report, put on auto pay. So 35% of your credit score is uh, payment history. Now, here's something that people do that affects payment history that drops people credit score. So let's say you have some credit cards, you, you've ha had them maxed out for six, seven years, and you've been making a contribution to them every single month and you finally pay them off. And you're like, okay, yes, I'm, I'm credit card debt free. And this is the biggest mistake most people make. They'll call the bank, Chris, and call and say, hey, cancel that card. And what oh, happens man. is when you cancel your credit cards, especially if they're your oldest accounts, you just lost that payment history. So 35% of what makes up your credit score, and for some people, that's all they have on their credit is payment history. They don't even have the other components. So that's how your credit score drops by closing those accounts. So payment history is 35% of your score. The second is the second largest component, which is credit usage, meaning mm. how much credit are you using on your available credit cards or what's considered revolving credit? 
i.e. credit cards or department store cards. So a big mistake people make, going back to the statement where I say people think credit cards are bad, not having credit cards actually hurts your score because wow. you, you, you're missing 30% of what even makes up your score because credit usage is only tied to credit cards. So that's one of the downfalls. You got to have revolving credit. So if you don't have any revolving credit, uh, get some revolving credit, you'll see your score increase literally overnight. Now, mm. the second component is, is when you do have revolving credit, you need to understand the usage of it. And that's where that 30%. So if you have a thousand dollar credit card, your credit score will start to be impacted anytime you go over 30% of that thousand dollars, which is 300 bucks. So if you have a credit card for a thousand mm. and you swipe it for 900 because you're going to Hawaii, your credit score is going to drop drastically, not because you did anything bad, but because you didn't know. And that's why it's important to know these principles of what makes up a credit score. So this is why I often, often tell people too, at minimum, just in case of emergencies, you should have at least access to five to $10,000 of available credit just because mm -hmm. of emergencies. So let's say, for example, you only have that $1,000 credit card and you need to get your brakes fixed. And it's 750. Yeah. You swipe 750, you use 75% of your credit usage. Now you're scoring and drop 90 points versus if you had $10,000 of available credit for in case of emergencies, use that same 750 to fix your brakes. Now your credit score has only been impacted by 7%. It doesn't impact your credit. So these concepts are things that we need to understand. Now, the last three components. Yeah. 15% uh, is the age of your credit, 10% is new credit, and uh, last 10% is a mixture of credit, meaning having revolving and installment accounts. And so once you understand that makeup, now you can play the game differently. Look, because a lot of us haven't been taking the time to really understand it, or nobody has been teaching us this stuff, or you know, we just have this kind of uh, uh, myths about what credit is, we just aimlessly go through life playing a game of financial Russian roulette. And so we, and so and that's why I've been so passionate about teaching us this because just that lesson I gave right there, uh, I've done uh, workshops on and people have, you know, seen the, the, the tremendous positive impact just from that lesson I just gave just right there. So yeah, man, credit is powerful, man. It's truly powerful. For those who are listening, if you do not have your pen and paper out, it, it's, I'm literally, it, this is it's free game and what he's really preaching about. And what I, I love is that, you know, he got this knowledge and he realized, like, man, people need to know this. Because back to your earlier point, people do be in their own way. You know, oh. people really don't want to look at their credit score. They don't want to, you know, uh, repair. And I think a lot of time, and I think because of social media really play involved, and I also think in relationships too, people yeah. will be like, I don't want to share my credit score because now you're not even going to see me as a partner. But we ain't yeah. even going to go down that road. Yeah, that's we ain't a This ain't the podcast, podcast for that right Make now. Make sure you call that's me for that. that. <laughs> Make sure you call me for that. I got you, brother. <laughs> I got you. Don't worry, brother. I got you on that one. Yeah, for sure. Right. Um. I want I want you to I, I want to know what is the sweet spot of the number of credit cards because you're talking about revolving credit. You know, I don't want people to go out there and get 10 credit cards or 15 credit cards. So what is like the sweet spot for uh for someone like that? Great question. So it's really not a sweet spot. It's really about how much okay. credit. So again, I tell people Love it. depending where you are on your journey. So if you're someone who really just wants to be, you know, not necessarily looking to uh, be a businessman or an investor or anything of that nature. I always tell people, rule of thumb, have at least access to five to 10,000 of credit. You can get that in one credit card. It may take you three credit cards. So it's more okay. about how much. And again, you're really doing gotcha. that just to have that cushion because here's the thing. Let's say you have a credit card and I see this happen all the time, Chris. Let's say you have one credit card for 300 bucks. <clears throat> you go out of town, you need to rent a car. You have to give them a credit card. You swipe it for $250. Now your score tanked for $250. So sometimes not having enough credit. So again, it's not about the number of cards. It's about the amount. And of course, be being mindful of utilizing it. And uh, here's another thing. 
just uh, make it, you don't have to make minimum payments. You could pay lump sums. Like, so I want people to also understand if you do get some credit and you're trying to show some payment history, if you paid it off, it doesn't hurt your score, you know? And so just, but I do also tell people, and here's something that's relatively new that a lot of people or a concept that may be difficult for people to understand. I don't even use debit cards. I only use my credit cards. And here's why. One, every time I swipe my debit, my credit card, it's helping me build my credit. So if you're new to building credit, use your credit card for things you typically are going to pay cash for. Gas, groceries, different things like that. And then you pay it off at the end of the week when you get your paycheck. So now what you're doing is you're building payment history and making your credit profile stronger. Versus with debit, wow. you get no benefit or incentive. That credit card may have travel points. And now this is how you get to buy free airline tickets at the end of the year, whatever the case may be. But here's the second component. And this is something that most people don't know the benefit of it until they, they've been in this situation. <clears throat> when you use your debit card and let's say your card gets stolen and your money's compromised from your bank, it's hard to get your money back. Mm. But if it's a credit card, MasterCard insures that money. Visa insures that money. Who do you think they're going to fight harder for? You think American Express is going to fight hard for their money or is Chase going to fight hard for your money? Chase don't care about you and your money. <laughs> you you yeah. see what I'm saying? And so yeah. even changing that concept, I use my credit cards for everything. But of course, I'm using utilizing them responsibly. And typically, that's not a strategy I put people in until they really are more, a little bit more financially matured and financially disciplined. But even just that aspect alone, you will help build your credit score a lot quicker with that level of discipline. Yeah. I, I, I love that you said that. Cause I don't think a lot of people uh, don't know that if they debit card, you know, identity gets stolen, somebody use it, it's going to take you to get that money. They got to investigate it. They going to drag it all, all kinds of all ways, you know, but if it's a credit card that uh they can give that money back really quickly. So you're less you're lowering your risk when you do that. So that's that's a beautiful thing that you pointed out. And what about for the people that do want to be investors, business owners, um, you know, for the amount of credit or credit that they should have? Great question. The, the, these this is my favorite area. Uh, and so mm -hmm. uh, because I talk a lot about and it's called creative financing. You know, and that's the time. <clears throat> and, and, and in leveraging credit, here's the power of credit. So imagine you don't have any money in the bank, but you got great credit. You can go to any bank in North America and go and apply for credit cards, a line of credit, a personal loan, whatever the case may be. Now you got to show some income. Real and, quick, real quick, real quick. Can we can we explain the differences between those three? I think a lot of people may not know the difference between a personal loan, a line of credit, and a credit card. Absolutely. So a personal loan essentially is you're going to the bank and you're getting a loan off your signature, literally your signature. Now they look at your credit, your income, et cetera. Now, here's why I do like personal loans from an investing standpoint. I apply for a loan okay. for 50000 they deposit it in my account. I can use that to go buy a house. OK. And so with that also being said, I can use that money to even service the debt, which meaning I can. So if they give me 50,000, I set 10,000 aside of that 50 to pay the debt on that other 50,000 on the whole 50,000. So these are all strategies that nobody's teaching us. So that's the power of using a personal loan. Then you have a credit yeah. card, which essentially just like it sounds, you swipe the card and then you have a, a line of credit, which acts similar to a loan and a credit card, because with the line of credit, you can draw off of that, that credit line. And as you repay it, the money replenishes. Unlike a loan, mm. once you use it, you pay it off, you no longer have access to it. That's the only caveat to that. And so what I teach people, Chris, is I teach people how to stack all of those different strategies, a personal loan, credit card, a line of credit and go. And there's no set amount of cards, depending on what your investment and risk tolerance is. 
Um, you know, my goal for every client is always try to get them about 100 to about 150,000. In, in, and I call it funding because we can mm. go out there and, and invest in uh, income producing or something that's cash flowing that can service the debt on that credit. So here's how it works. Let's say we get accumulatively $100,000 of credit. And let's say that 100,000 is is going to cost you $1,500 to service that debt. Okay. Now mm. I can take that hundred thousand and go out there and find an, uh, a vehicle, meaning something that's going to make me some money. I can go buy an investment property that I can go and invest in. Let's say that investment property is going to make me $2,500 a month. Okay. So now mm. I take the money that's going to make that I'm going to make from this investment property. That's paying me 2,500 a month. And I subscribe. I subtract the expenses to cover the debt for the $1,500 a month. And so I'm still making $1,000 every single month. But here's the beauty about that whole strategy, Chris. How much did that cost me out of my pocket to do? Nothing. Zero. Because I'm using the bank's money. I have an, uh, I now have yeah. an asset that's going to make me money forever. And I can borrow against this asset because it's going to appreciate yeah. So now all I have to do is repeat this cycle over again. And this is why most wealthy people invest in real estate. Like <clears throat> I heard uh, uh, there was a guy interviewing, you know, uh, millionaires in, 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 in the city of Austin. And he said, hey, if you had to start from zero, could you make a million dollars in one year? And he said, absolutely. And the guy said, the interviewer said, how would you do it? He said, real estate. Real estate is the quickest and fastest and easiest way, and it has the easiest entry point to get into because I can go and mm. buy something that's already making money, a, a, a property. And so and these are the strategies we teach, man. And, and so when you really understand these strategies and understand how debt works and understand the different debt structures and understand, as I call, concepts. See, it's hard for a lot of people to fathom because we've only been conditioned to understand concrete concepts. Meaning, <clears throat> if you have five acres of land, can you take seven from that five? No, you can't. So that's a concrete concept. But how abstract mm -hmm. concepts work, which is how most wealthy people think, if you have $5 in the bank, you can go and withdraw 10. Now, they're going to charge you a mm -hmm. fee and you're going to be in a hole. But here's what wealthy people will do. They'll take that $10, even though that they're in a hole, a uh, minus five, and go and take that 10 and turn it into 20. So now they take that $20, pay off the minus 10, and now they got some money left over to start the process, and now they're back even. But because people look at it as, oh, I'm going negative. No, you just don't have enough concepts and enough strategies. That may be the start you need to get what it is that you need to get so you can fix your entire financial situation. And so I call those abstract concepts. And most people don't understand the power and the difference in concrete versus abstract concepts in life. I, I agree with you. I think that's the biggest thing um, that is, you know, missed, especially for our community, that 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 creative funding that you're talking about is something that is very eye opening that people can take advantage of today but like you said they have this fear when it comes to debt and putting themselves in the hole you know so i i know one of the answers is you got to figure out you know the right strategy you got to educate yourself but what are some other ways that people can get over that anxiety or over that fear of you know putting themselves or, or you know borrowing that money and put themselves in debt well, I think once you have an awakening and understand they're putting themselves in debt every day anyway. Mm. <laughs> I mean, the, when people was getting all of this free government money, the malls were packed. Louis had. Oh, a, man. There was a five hour wait at the Louis store. <laughs> so people have been putting themselves in debt forever. It's just been the wrong type of debt. So the fear is, is to get access to new information. Like, mm. so there's a list of 10 reasons why most, why people fail at everything. And one of them is getting access to bad information. People don't have access to enough information to really guide them. And so they look at 
They'll look at buying a house as debt, but won't look at taking a vacation as debt. And so once you have that paradigm shift in understanding, that's how you get over that fear. You also have to execute on these strategies. I know people who went to every wealth seminar, every credit seminar, all these things, but they're still broke because they don't execute. So it's also about you. You have to you got to take chances. But we yeah. we don't look at we take chances every day by walking out the door. We take yeah. chance by uh, uh, giving people uh, 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 access to control our lives when we are hopping on a plane. You have no control over that. The pilot does. So once you understand everything in life we do is uh, 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 is, is 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 packed with fear. This should be easy because here's mm. the thing. Let's say I get into a bad deal. I could fix that eventually. You see what I'm saying? And so we yeah. we, we get scared of something that really doesn't have a, a, a ramification that's negative. Now it may take time to fix it, but I rather I rather try and potentially get in a in a jam that I know I could fix versus going 50 years of my life miserable, not being able to live yeah. the life that I used to dream of living when I was younger. And it's not about having a bunch of money or anything like that, but it's the peace of mind because it's just as hard not knowing where, you, where your next meal is coming from. It's just as hard when you're driving a vehicle that has to stay in the shop and you can't afford to get it fixed. It's just as hard living in a neighborhood to where you have to fear your children getting hit by a stray bullet. So once you mm. change your thinking and understand, look, being poor is hard. Trying to make money is hard. I'd rather pick the hard that's going to benefit me in the long run. And so we just have to change our thinking. And that's why that personal development is key, because fear is just something that we make up in our mind that typically the end result of that fear of what we're scared of statistically never happens. I just had a random question pop in my head. Like what percentage of mindset is like like people need to have in order to be wealthy is it like 50 percent mindset like it's all in your mind is it 70 percent all in your mind for people to move from just learning hearing getting excited to move into actual execution i'll say a hundred percent there's nothing mm -hmm. left because mm -hmm. here's why you're gonna have a lot of days you're gonna have a lot of weeks a lot of months and probably some years where you won't make any money and you still have to mm. believe at the end of the day, all of the work you're putting in is going to pay off. It takes a strong individual to, 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 to have that type of drive, knowing that because and, and, and here's why it's so hard, Chris. <clears throat> most people are used to trading time for dollars. See, most people we've been conditioned. Hey, I work two weeks. I get a check. I work two weeks. I get a check. I work two weeks. I get a check. It's hard to go from that for 30 years of your life to saying, hey, I worked this week. Ah, I didn't make any money. I worked this month. Oh, I lost some money. I worked this year. Ah, I just barely broke even. And so you got to be all in, man. You have to be all in. So the percentage that your mindset has to be completely just warped, as I call it, it's 100 percent. Like you have to be cuckoo for your dreams, as I call it. Because people are going to laugh at you. They're going to say you crazy. Like, I remember when I got into the credit space 12, 13 years, 15 years ago, people was like, that credit thing, isn't that, a, isn't that illegal? Mm. Like, you're leaving your job to do what? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And so you have to be cuckoo for your own dreams because nobody is going to be able to see it because they can't seize it. You're the only one that can see it. And so, yeah, you just got to, it's a, it's a hundred percent, man. No, I, I 100% agree with you on that. Um, my, my next question to you is I want you to share a success story, you know, for, cause I don't really want anybody to have any excuse after they watch this, watch this uh, interview, you know, like, like I want somebody that, that, you know, that you have personally coached and shared a success story that had, you know, bad credit, no credit, you know, whatever, but they're actually killing it and doing what they want to right now. Yeah, so anyone who's been following me for a while, they've heard the infamous Tommy story. And Tommy was one of my clients who 
when he first came to me, he started out as a coaching client. He literally took his last few dollars to come and coach with me. And so probably about you know, three weeks into coaching, he lost his job. So he called me up. He's like, hey, Will, you know, I lost my job, this, that, and the third. And I'm like, all right, Tommy. And I'm just sitting there listening. And he just kept talking. But he was talking kind of like beating around the bush. And I had to stop. I was like, Tommy, you know it's no refunds. So if you ask it for your money back, like you can't go and buy a pair of shoes and then take them back three weeks later because like you have to respect the process. I was like, so, but this is what we can do. Based upon what you said you want to do, I can still help you accomplish that, but you're going to have to work for it. No different than even if you did have a job. So I challenged him and I held him accountable. And so fast forward through that and I've been working, Tommy still coaches with me to this day, but throughout that time of him not having a job, Chris, Tommy has purchased three investment properties. He's bought two businesses. One of his businesses is a, a party rental company out in uh, Illinois, which actually just got nominated for one of the top uh, 100 companies in the state of Illinois. Uh, I mean, he's been like, his story is just so inspiring because here's someone who didn't have a job that's been able to take this information, leverage his credit, and now has built a, a, a nice uh, uh, portfolio for him and his, his, his family. And then I want to share one more story because this one is something that impacts our community often. Uh, I had a good friend who was incarcerated. He did 16 years. And two years mm. prior to his release, uh, he, he was able to start making calls. And so I would put money on his phones, on his phone, excuse me. He would call me and I would teach him about credit while he was in prison. And so he literally was able to work on his credit the, 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 the two years while he was getting close to release. And by the time he got out, his credit was in position for him to be able to to uh, to 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 just be able to stay afloat. But what I also was teaching him was about real estate. So he when he got out within six months of, of, of him getting out, he actually did his first real estate wholesale deal. And that gave him so much confidence to really go full fledged in just this space. And now someone who serves 16 years has a financial education company. He's a real estate investor. He teaches people real estate wholesaling. And he did 16 years, like had like in a, in, in, in a, in a, uh, a max facility most of that time. So I tell people, if someone who did 16 years can come out and hit the ground running and, he, and fortunate he hasn't had to work a, 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 a corporate job since coming home, he's done odds and in things like shovel snow to, to keep the lights on in the beginning. But that just goes to show the power of information. And could you imagine if we were able to go into prisons and really teach this? Because that's the true rehabilitation. The reason they go back is because they don't have a they don't have a. a a means to stay out. So could you imagine if we could really teach this stuff to our incarcerated brothers and sisters and have them really understand the power of entrepreneurship, understand credit, because there is no felony box when you're applying for a credit card. There's no felony box when you're buying your investment property. But for them to come out and be productive and to get a job to take care of their family, they got to check a box that says felony that potentially could uh, uh, be detriment to them and them never being able to get gainful employment. So that that's how powerful this information is, man. And between those two stories that I share often, I tell people we, it's people out here who got law degrees, PhDs, but can't. But my son has more money in the bank than them because they're they're poor stewards mm. of their money. They're poor stewards of their money, and so. Uh, yeah, nobody has any excuse if those two gentlemen can do it. That's a hundred percent fact. I was um I was reading this book and shout out to Francis for uh recommending this, but I think it was called The Million Yes, Millionaire Next Door. And they was talking yes. about, you know, just because you're a doctor or more, you're making three hundred thousand dollars a year. If your expenses are three hundred thousand dollars a year, you're technically with paycheck to paycheck. You know what I mean? You're not it's being like a good harder. steward. You it's know, usually harder when yeah, you're basically. Yeah, 100%. And I think the information, well, I know the information that you are sharing today can really, you're talking about generational wealth, not only just for our individual families, but, you know, for our community. And I think that is powerful. And I know 
there is like like you're just, you're one guy. You know, everybody can't come to you where you can coach them and teach them. So, where are some like ways, some websites, or some key um, key things that people need to do to find people like you that can coach them in you know creative funding? Yeah, definitely, man. Well, I can say that. And I'll say this proudfully, but I'll, I'll still be humble. Um, I've I've been able to really kind of educate to the point to where a lot of people are now teaching this information from my teachings. So a lot of people wow. are really just on on social media now. You got to vet people out because not everybody is ethical. Not just no different than there's people in crypto who are bad, people who sell cars. Pe- there's bad doctors. So people are bad no matter what the industry is. So you just have to vet people yeah, out. Yeah, they just put out a bad dentist today. I just saw a, a bad dentist that yeah. was intentionally breaking people's teeth so they can go get crowned, like like a, a root canal or something. Intentionally. Yeah. It's yeah, ridiculous out here. Bad people. The gas yeah. prices. That's what it is. The gas price too high. <laughs> it's, it's bad people. <laughs> so, but what I will say, though, Chris, is like I have so much info out there. I mean, I have hundreds of videos on YouTube. I have... Mm. so many digital courses online. I have different coaching programs, but that's the power of the internet, you know, and yeah. social media. And and so when I hear people say, oh, I don't like being on social media, it's negative. I tell them, no, you follow negative stuff. Clear, clear all of the, the, the BS that you're following and actually follow people like yourself or like myself and the, the hundreds of thousands of other people out there who's really delivering and giving people access to information that is foreign to us. And so, uh, so yeah, so it, it, I really say just the internet, man, like it, the internet yeah. is such a powerful place. Like, and the internet wasn't around when I was going through this, I had to go to the library. I was, uh, mm. renting out audio books. Like I, I had to do it the old fashioned and slow way where now literally you can find some educator all the way across the country by just hopping on your cell phone and join his course and walk through it step by step. Back then when we had mentors, like you had to fly to them or spend a lot of money to get in a room where they were teaching. Whereas now you can do everything right from your your phone. So there's really no excuse now. It's really no excuse. Yeah. Yeah, I, I 100% agree with that. And you mentioned something earlier, and it's kind of it is one of the reasons why I wanted to start this interview series because I do believe that people need to be good stewards of their money. So, can you list, you know, three, five, if you got ten, you know, what what makes someone a good steward of money? Man, honestly, I, I don't want to complicate it for people, so I'm gonna give people two. All right. Okay. Understand these two concepts and it will change your life. Understand your income and your expenses. If that's all you did, hey, you make X amount of dollars. Hey, these are my hard fixed expenses. All you got to do is stay up under that dollar amount. That's how you become a better steward of your money. But then here's the second part to that, Chris. You can go make more money. Mm. Whether it's people sell candles online, people I know people who go to thrift stores and buy clothes and sell them on on the internet for a profit. Like there's so many different ways to make money. Like you can drive Uber. I know Uber drivers making four thousand dollars a month. That may not yeah. sound like a lot of money to some people, but some most jobs don't pay four thousand dollars a month. So understand like the, the two basic fundamental principles of being a better steward of your money is learn what your income is, meaning if your job pays you 60000 that doesn't mean you bring home 60000 So you need to know what your net you income of that is and live below the net and then understand your expenses. You focus on those two things, you'll be a rock star. I love everything about about what you're saying. Um, one of my last questions, I don't know if it's going to be my last question, depending on, you know, what you say. Uh, but what are, you know, books that you recommend that people, you know, should read that really change, you know, your life, you know, your outlook on, on money and creating wealth for yourself? Yeah, I give people five books. Okay, book, I love it. 
The first book that changed my life was uh, How to Win Friends and Influence People. Yep. You got to know how to deal with people, yo. Like the like they say the number one thing that keeps people from that that keeps people in a failure status is not knowing how to deal with people. Because no matter what end of the spectrum you're on, you got to know how to deal with people. And in order for you to be successful in business, people have to know, like and trust you. So if you were a jerk before you got into business, people going to still think you a jerk. So you got to learn how to deal with people. So how to win friends and influence people. Book number two, Think and Grow Rich. Yeah. That's really the mindset of understanding of becoming rich. And rich is not just always about money. It's about access. Yeah. It's about yeah. uh, it's about your time. Rich is about your peace. There's no peace when your lights are about to get cut off. There's no peace when you are facing eviction every single month. So under so Think and Grow Rich is my second book. Uh, the third book, Power of Focus. Uh, for mm. those who are going through life and trying to figure out balance and goal setting and all of these things, Power of Focus was a book that that really helped me to understand that. Like we we, we often hear these things like, "Hey, I'll be successful. I just need to be patient." No, you don't. You need to you need to have intensity. Mm. Like the, the 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 intensity is the focus. And and so we have to we have to change our language. Jim Rohn said, never be lazy in your vocabulary. So instead of saying, hey, I need to be patient. No, I need to be intense. Intense doesn't mean you go out there and, and act in, uh, in, in a form of uh, being desperate. It just means you do everything with focus. And that's what that book, Power of Focus, does. Uh, book number four, which I can name a million books that are going this place. But I'll tell you the book that helped me. Uh, the 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership. If you plan on running a business, you have to be a better leader because mm -hmm. it all goes back to working with people. If people don't buy into your vision, nobody else will buy into it. If you don't buy into your vision, nobody will buy into it. And so they have these 21 laws are basic principles that you want to adhere to to become a better leader. And they actually teach these principles at, you know, uh, different. Uh, they, they teach it a lot in the in the religious sector. Because the author, John Maxwell, uh, was uh, one who he grew churches. And so he wrote a lot of his books from uh, the standpoint of helping people who were looking to grow churches. But it's they're not religious books. The principles are all fundamentally based on leadership. And so I tell people that book even should be for someone who wants to be a better leader in their household. Because mm, when you mm, have a family, mm. you got to lead. You know, so that book has when I, I recommend it has helped save some families. So wow, uh, irrefutable laws of leadership. And then my fifth book, of course, I'm gonna say credit is king. <laughs> yeah, yeah, got to, got to. <laughs> and I gotta say credit is king, man. You know, but got to. I will say five A or five B, whatever people want to call it, is a uh, rich dad poor dad by Robert Kiyosaki. His his books changed my entire perspective of how I look at money and credit. And because we've been conditioned, again, to always look at debt as debt. And here's the thing, and I'm going to leave you with this in terms of debt. Here's why wealthy people go and invest in debt. You can borrow against it tax-free. So imagine I can go and so I can go and buy an asset. And let's say that asset is 100000 I paid hundred grand for it. It appreciates to 300, like the real estate market is doing now. I can go and borrow up to 80% of that, which is $240,000, and, and I don't have to pay a, a dollar of taxes on that 240000 That's why wealthy people invest and they don't sell their assets, because you can always borrow against the asset. Robert Kiyosaki, when he broke that, and when he, when he spit that game in his books, it blew my mind. I, I was like, this has to be illegal. <laughs> Brother, I, I ain't gonna lie to you. I am not, I, I got my, I, when I was seeing my tax bill. Right. And right. I was like, oh my God, what's going on? I I picked up Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And I read, and, cause I think people don't really understand. Like, at least for me, like when the light bulb clicked, it was just like, I don't like the government taking this much of my money. Like, there's no way this can happen again. 
I was like, nah, this is this. I learned my lesson. You know right. what I mean? You right. know, so like that, like, like that is a, a so true. And I, I want people to really just like be aware that like you have to focus on how can I save taxes? And it's like, that comes with credit. That comes with, you know, learn how to leverage debt. That comes with real estate. You got to do all of that to save on taxes. And when it's like that, it's just, it's literally, like you said, it's simple. When you break it down into simple things, it's like, yeah, you got to really educate yourself. You got to do more work. You know, you got to be a better leader. But all that stuff is, is, like you said, personal development. And I think that's like the biggest message I want people to get today is that personal development, you really putting yourself out there and you learning and, and, and gaining those skills are not only going to make you a great steward with money, it's going to make you a better father, it's going to make you a better mother, it's going to make you a better wife, it's going to make you a better husband, brother, sister, all of that. You know, so that's what's something that um, that people have to realize as well. And my last question to you is like, like who is on your team? You know, who 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 are you surrounding yourself with? that is is making you know like made the we're not saying they made will today but you know that definitely you know helped steward you into the right direction no absolutely and i like how you position that because this wasn't a making of myself you know i know people use the term self-made mm. nobody's ever really self-made like you have people around you that that help you and you know and i have my coaches my mentors um i mean i have my team you know, and I, I've, I've actually been fortunate enough to hire people around me who are smarter than me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm. It's like, Amen. I'm the talent. I'm the talent. But I hire yeah. people around me who are smarter than me at marketing, who are smarter than me at uh, building and doing my, my, my online development, my sales team, my advisors, my CFO, my CMO, uh, my business coaches, my tax people. So, like, I have an A team around me, but it didn't come overnight. And believe it or not, most of it came off of relationships. And so when you when you become intentional about building good relationships, you attract these individuals. That's why the personal development is so important. And like I often tell people, money attracts money. People attract mm. people. Energy attract energy. So when you emit all of that, people will be attracted to you. Money will be attracted to you. The energy, good energy will be attracted to you. And so, yeah, you just you you just gotta stay stay focused and just stay in the game, man. Yeah, no, I, I agree with everything you're saying. You know, back when I was doing financial planning, I can see the difference between people that were struggling with money, or uh, or and people who had money. And you're saying all the same thing. I see in their financial plans. I see real estate. <laughs> you know, I see lines of credit. I see how they leverage debt. I see how they're saving on taxes. It's it's literally. These are what these people are doing. And you see that the people that are not educating themselves or if they are educating themselves, they're not executing. You see where they are. You know, so it's it's just remarkable to really hear you speak and understand that, like what you're saying is 100 percent true because I've seen it in real life cases as well. So, man, I greatly appreciate it. where can people find you to say, you know, thank you uh, for for sharing all this information. Man, absolutely. Thank you, guys. So you, you can follow me across all social media platforms at Mr. Will Roundtree. Uh, make sure, you know, it's my actual account. There's a bunch of fake accounts out there. Apparently, a couple people, you know, want to be me or something. I don't know. And so maybe we need to start a campaign and have IG verify my page. So tell your audience <laughs> to go at IG. But yeah, definitely can follow me Instagram, TikTok, uh, YouTube, uh, LinkedIn, Facebook, all the different Twitter, all the social media platforms at Mr. Will Roundtree. Listen, my audience, y'all better go represent me well because this man has really blessed us. You know what I mean? Make me look good. You know, go say thank you because he took his time out of his day to really share a, a, a whole bunch of, of wealth and knowledge. Brother, I thank you. You know, I was blessed by this. You know what I mean? You're going to see calls from me because I, 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 I want to know more of the game because like you said, there's so much information out there, so many things that we can do. If we all gather around and learn this information and execute, I really feel like we could change the world. Definitely, definitely. No, I appreciate it, man. Uh, love what you guys are doing. Just the fact we got, you know, because it's a lot of podcasts. It's a lot of smut on the Internet. So to, yeah. to, it's always refreshing when I can hop on someone's podcast where they're not asking me about 
you know, uh, things that have no return on investment of our future. And so, of course, we need to have some form of entertainment. But, you know, let's let's definitely give some people some 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 medicine that could really help save and change their lives. So I 100 percent agree with that. No, thank you, man. I, I 100% agree with that. You know, people got to change the algorithm up. I had to, too. I'm like, man, I'm tired of seeing the same mess every single day because this is not this is not helping me grow. Or right. it's like, and I want to learn, like, like that's the thing about, you know, when creating wealth. It's like you have your entire life to really, like, be so focused and to learn so much. You have something to do, exactly. <laughs> you know? Like that's what people need. Like people need something to do. And if you like, if you don't have anything to do, you really need to educate yourself and apply all the things that Mr. Roundtree has said. I'm telling you, you will see your life change, man. So thank you for watching. We'll see you next time. Adios. Bro!